So inshallah ta'ala, we're going to continue. We left off at ayah number five. Now we're going to continue with ayah number six in which Allah ta'ala says, بَعَدْ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ وَإِذَا الْبِحَارُ سُجِّرَتْ And when the seas are filled with flames. So the first thing that's worthy of note is the fact that bahar means an ocean and usually the plural that you normally find is buhur. Buhur means oceans, but the bigger plural is Bihar. And so from that you're getting like a sort of super plural you could say, and it's implying what all bodies of water, that all of the bodies of water will be what? Doing this thing called uh, Tasjir. Sajjara you Sajjiru Tasjir. And so what does this mean? This means to, well, or I should say Sujirat in the passive. It is being what? Caused to overflow, mix over, uh, uh, over flooding. This can reference flooding, or it could also reference what? To be set ablaze and to become fuel. In other words, the water itself will be the fuel. This is a very scary scene that being shown on Judgment Day. Also worthy of note is that uh, the Meccans and the Kufans would recite it without the Shadda, Sujirat. But the, what you find in our Musahif, the more common one, is what? Sujirat with the Shadda. Now, quick analysis, word analysis, just for a second, because I think it's beautiful. The fact that Allah Ta'ala is very, very, you could say, uh, I mean, the, the wording is so particular. Uh, so we know um, that there are very, in the previous surah, or the surah that's after this, which is surah 82, surah al-Infitar, Allah says what? وَإِذَا الْبِحَارُ فُجِّرَتْ Very similar ayah, right? وَإِذَا الْبِحَارُ سُجِّرَتْ and فُجِّرَتْ What's the difference between the two? Well, what's interesting is that the word سَجَّرَ implies to heat something. So it's the setting ablaze and burning, which is fitting with the surah because the surah began with the sun. إِذَا الشَّمْسُ كُوِّرَتْ So it's, there's the theme of heat there. Whereas فَجَّرَ يُفَجِّرُ It has a few meanings, but one of them is to uh, boil over or separate, to break apart, which is fitting with all the other verbs. Let's take a look at that surah, surah 82, surah Infitar. إِذَا السَّمَاءُ انثطرت وَإِذَا الْكَوَاكِبُ انثطرت وَإِذَا الْبِحَارُ فُجِّرَتْ وَإِذَا الْقُبُورُ بُعْثِرَتْ When you take a, look, take a look at all these verbs, when the sky is broken apart, broken, breaking apart implies separating. When the stars are falling and scattered, what does that imply? Separation. When the seas are erupting, so when something erupts, it's coming into pieces. And when the contents of the graves are scattered. So subhanAllah, you're seeing over and over again this idea of separation and scattering in one surah and the other one, the theme is of heating. So subhanAllah, it's just something you need to appreciate that you can't look at this and say, oh, you know, this, could, this would have been a better word here. This would have been more fitting there. No, the fact is Allah Ta'ala put it perfectly. So Ibn Abbas, he says, yes, this is the oceans will be on fire. Mujahid and Muqatil, they say this refers to the oceans spilling over, i.e. lots of flooding. And Al-Hasan al-Basri and Al-Qatada, they say what? That the oceans will dry up. There won't even be a single drop. So you could combine all these opinions and say, perhaps it's the case that there'll be massive flooding. Eventually there, there will be, it will light on fire and eventually it will dry up. Who, who knows how long this process will take. Nobody's claiming that human beings will be around for all of it. I'm pretty sure we won't, but still this will take place. It's also interesting to note that this root letters, Sin, Jim, and Ra, for Sujirat, this only occurs three times in the Qur'an, and there's always a connection to water. Allah says in Surah Ghafir, ayah number 72, In boiling water, then in the fire they will be filled with flames. But then also, more, even more interestingly, is in Surah 52, Surah At-Tur. Allah says, وَالْبَحْرِ الْمَسْجُورِ And by the sea that will be filled with fire. What's interesting about this ayah is that it's also ayah number 6. So you have Surah uh, 81, this one, ayah number 6, uh, which is saying what? وَإِذَا الْبِحَارُ سُجِّرَتْ And then you have Surah At-Tur, also ayah number 6, وَالْبَحْرِ الْمَسْجُورِ So this very rare root, trilateral root, shows up twice, and always, like both times in the 6th, verse uh, talking about the oceans being on fire. So subhanAllah, just an interesting parallel. How could this make sense? For Well, nowadays we know that water is made up of H2O, and H2O can be broken down into the molecules of creating hydrogen gas and oxygen, 
and anybody who's done, I don't know, high school physics, I'm sure, has done this, where you have these little experiments, and then you get the two gases, and then you see that they both can, you know, erupt and be on fire and, and burn quite well. So, Allah alam what's going to happen in the future, but, you know, that's just something to, something to think about. Obviously, I'm not saying that's what's, what's going to happen, I'm just saying Allah knows best. Next ayah, Allah says what? وَإِذَنْ نُفُوسُ زُوِّجَتْ And when the souls are paired together. Before I go on into this particular ayah, since we've reached the seventh ayah, I want to show that it's very fascinating. And Ibn Abbas, he comments on this, and he says, the first, there's, there's six mentions of what's going to happen before the destruction of this universe, and then six mentions of what's going to happen when we get resurrected. So, the, the sun is going to be wrapped, and then mentions the stars, and then the mountains, and then the wealth, or camel, you could say the, camel, the wealth, and then the wild beasts will be gathered, and then the oceans. That's six. Six different points. The first six ayat. Then the next ayat, you find that now that everybody's dead, now that everybody's resurrected, there will be the pairing. People will be paired together. Then the little girl who was buried, she will be asked, for what crime were you killed? That's ayat eight and nine. So that's two ayat and one, one theme and two verses. And then you have the scrolls of the deeds will be spread out. Then you have the sky will be ripped. The hell, uh, hell uh, it mentions hellfire will be ablaze. Heaven will come close. So you have another six points. So it's really amazing the way this surah is put together. You have six points about before every, the entire destruction. And then after resurrection, another six points are mentioned. Anyway, uh, it's a really beautiful balance. Then you have what? Uh, this, this ayah is saying what? Again, you find this larger plural. The fact of the matter is that the word nafs, the self or the soul or the individual, the usual plural you find in the Qur'an is anfus, fi anfusikum, right, in yourselves, etc. But now we're seeing not anfus, but nufus. Nufus is a bigger plural, implying all people. When all people will be gathered together, will be re- resurrected, and they will be paired up. Uh, uh, so what does this imply, that they will be paired up? Ibn Umar ibn al-Khattab, he says that the righteous will be gathered together, the wicked will be gathered together, and this is similar to the ayah, وَكُنْتُمْ أَزْوَاجًا ثَلَاثَةً And you will become in three different groups, right? There's the, uh, the people of the right, the people of the left, and then those who are foremost, the sabiqun, the sabiqun. This is all mentioned in uh, uh, Surah Waqi'ah. What's also interesting about this, another, subhanAllah, I don't know why this, this takes place so often in the Qur'an, but that's also the seventh verse. So we're talking about the seventh verse. So... The, you know, Kuntum Azwajan Thalatha, and this ayah uh, of Wa'idha uh, Nufus um, Zuwijat. One of them is Surah Takwir, ayah number seven. The other one is Surah uh, Waqi'ah, ayah number seven. So, subhanAllah, it's just strange how this keeps taking place. What is the reason? Allah knows best. Anyhow, what does this ayah imply? Like I said, it could be that good will be gathered with good, evil will be gathered with evil. That's the most common understanding. Some say that no, this is referring to people will be rejoined, Tazweej will be joined together with their deeds. So, you know, you thought you died and you left all your deeds behind. Guess what? You're resurrected and you're going to be put back with your deeds. That's one interpretation. Another one is, Akrama, he says that the souls will be rejoined to their bodies. I'm going to bring back your body. I'm going to bring back your soul and put it all together. That's what the nufusu zubwijat. We're going to, you know, repair the, that pairing of the body and soul. Uh, uh, and Muqata, they say that the believers will be joined with the Hur al-Ain and the disbelievers will be joined with the Shayateen this is another perspective and Allah knows best so there's many ayat like this that talk about how people will be paired together uh, Allah says uh, that the angels will be ordered gather those who were wrongdoers those who committed crimes gather them and their kinds so people will be gathered together in kinds uh, Allah Ta'ala also says every nation will be called to its record you know, if your record is good, that's what you're going to be called to, and so on and so forth. Uh, a very important point to remember from all of this is that the Prophet says what? مَن تَشَبَّهَ بِقَوْمٍ فَهُوَ مِنْهُمْ 
And this can, we could talk about this for hours. This hadith is so powerful. This is an authentic hadith in which the Prophet says what? Whoever copies a people, then he is one of them. You copy a people, then you're one of them. So, you know, all these ayat, you're going to be paired together with who? You're going to be paired together with the people you acted like, you looked up to, you imitated, the, the people that you want to be like, you're going to be stuck with them. Another very well-known hadith, very powerful, authentic hadith, what? ahab. Most of us have this hadith memorized, I'm sure. Very short, very easy. Al-mar'u, that a person, an individual, ma'a, is going to be with men, whoever, ahab, whoever he loves. You're going to be with whoever you love. Simple, simple wording, which means what? If your heart is attached to a certain person, expect to be stuck with them on judgment day. So your heart better be attached to the Prophet I hope, for your sake, for my sake, for all of our sake, we hope that we are attached to the Prophet and to the righteous, to the believers, to the people who you see in the masjid, inshallah. You know, something good, as opposed to, oh, I love this celebrity, or this, I don't know, famous sports player, or this person, whatever the case is, just nonsense, loving them for no, no better reason than they have, let's say, I don't know, a fancy car or they take pictures of themselves or whatever the case is, may Allah protect us. So yes, which friends do I want to be next on Judgment Day? Is it going to be those who focus on Allah Ta'ala or those who they're focused elsewhere? Then Allah says, And then when the ma'udah, which means the one that was buried alive and it's feminine, the, basically the, the, the girl that was buried alive, su'ilat, is going to be asked. The fact is these two ayat could have been put together, but Allah Ta'ala pauses. So subhanAllah, just this, this in and of itself means that Allah Ta'ala wants to give even more emphasis here. So this is something you want to take a second and think about, subhanAllah. Um, yes, well, first and foremost, this topic was already mentioned when Allah Ta'ala called out the hypocrites of the polytheists who would say that Allah Ta'ala has angels who are daughters, meanwhile they hated to have a daughter. Allah Ta'ala mentioned Surah Zukhruf. And how beautiful Allah says, when one of them is given the good news, bushira, when you're given the tabshir, when you're given the good news of a daughter, when they're given the good news of what they make as an example to Ar-Rahman. In other words, they say, Ar-Rahman has daughters. Allah has daughters. The angels are daughters. But when they're giving good news of what they claim and what they, claim, what they attribute to Allah Ta'ala, what, do, what happens? That uh, uh, um, his face darkens and he suppresses his grief. In other words, that the pagan Arabs would hate to find out that they were having a daughter. The Arabs believed that if you had a daughter, you weren't man enough to have a son and that a girl would just grow up to join a different family, not carry the family name and therefore would be a burden to you. The whole idea was tribal. You know, you want to make sure that you have your biggest amount of tribes. So, uh, so what do you do? You have lots of sons and then those sons go and marry other girls and that uh, ultimately makes your tribe bigger and bigger instead of having daughters which are going to go to somebody else's tribe. SubhanAllah, how beautiful that the Prophet said, look, marriage is something that brings people together. Instead of having rival tribes, now that you guys are married, just come together. It makes it even nicer. They, you know, it, it, look at it from that perspective, right? Why, why look at it like, oh, they're joining their team? No, their team is joining us. You know, subhanAllah, how beautiful it is. And we see this all the time, you know? People, families get married, now we get to know them more, now we get to know you more, and then you just, your, your, your network grows. It's such a beautiful thing. So to look at it from the backward perspective is so unfortunate, subhanAllah. Anyhow, Ibn Abbas says some of the Arab women uh, before delivering would dig a hole <clears throat> Subhanallah. <laughs> Would uh, uh, man, <laughs> I I thought I wasn't. <laughs> I thought I was going to be unemotional about this one. Um, uh, yes. Um, let me just get myself together. Uh, okay. Uh, so some of the Arab women, they would dig a hole uh, before giving birth, so that if it was a girl, uh, they could put it directly <clears throat> into the grave without becoming uh, emotionally attached is that the root verbs in this surah, oftentimes you find that they're unique terms that don't 
occur anywhere else. And so this term, wa'ada, wa'ada only shows up this one time. So wa'ada ya'idu, a wa'adan means to bury alive. Uh, this is, uh, this surah, subhanAllah, it's very, um, really, really, the, the, one of the most powerful points you can take from this is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving a voice to the voiceless. Uh, okay, Allah ta'ala is giving a voice to the voiceless, allowing this girl to speak while the criminal, the father in this case, isn't being spoken to, nor is he responding in any way. Nobody's asking this individual, why did you do what you do? No, the only question is, we're going to ask this young little girl, what did she do wrong? And the answer is obviously nothing. So, um, yeah. Um, Meccan da'wah, uh, subhanAllah, this is a very important point, so sorry, I'm, I'm going to stop being emotional for a second. <laughs> Meccan da'wah, uh, subhanAllah, uh, doesn't focus on oppression. This is a very, very important point that I hope that we can remember in Shalatara. Meccan da'wah, you, you, uh, Meccan Qur'an, you don't find that the focus is about, oh, woe is me, and we're so mistreated, and isn't it so sad that we are being oppressed in Mecca as a minority? You don't find that that's the case. Rather, what do you find is that even though the Muslims were being oppressed at that time, uh, they were focusing on the social ills, the social ills of others, which is truly remarkable. Think about that. Imagine you being an oppressed group and all... Imagine you being an oppressed group and all you can think about is what about somebody else that's being oppressed? Instead of saying, look at me, look at me, I'm the victim. You guys get the point? That in and of itself is such a powerful lesson and I really do think that Muslims in the West, for example, we are a minority, obviously, and I'm not saying that the oppression that we go through or any sort of discrimination is okay. And yes, of course, we want to fight back and, and address it and so forth. I'm not, I'm not against that. However, that being said, when you only focus on yourself, it's very easy to eventually look like somewhat self-centered and people start to resent you, as opposed to when you focus on general social ills, people say, these people have a lot of value. And they, even though they themselves have a lot to focus on, they're focusing on everybody else. So the fact that Allah Ta'ala is saying, hey, Mecca, uh, hey Muslims in Mecca, yes, the Quraysh are oppressing you, but guess what? This little girl was buried for no reason. Talk about that. Talk about this oppression. Talk about this level of evil. SubhanAllah. It is uh, truly something remarkable. Yes, so that's a very, very important lesson. Furthermore, in the previous surah, which is amazing as well, in the previous surah, surah 80, which is surah uh, uh, Abasa, we found that Allah Ta'ala talked about what? That on the day when a man flees from his brother and his mother and his father and his wife and even his sons. So notice that all these different family groups are mentioned that, oh, these are the people that you're supposed to like. I'm supposed to like my brother and my mother and my father and my wife and my sons. But then you're like, but what about the daughters? And then the next surah addresses that and says, well, as for the daughters, you actually buried them, subhanAllah. So the fact that there's that consistency between the two surahs that most of us, we don't pay attention to, we don't notice that, it just goes to show that there's a, the correlation between them is very, very powerful. Like, you want, to, you want to be closer to those people on that day, or you would think you would want to, but they're running away from them. Well, no, no, we're going to ask your daughter who never had a voice, subhanAllah. Uh, we should remember that the Prophet says what? مَنْ كَانَ لَهُ ثَلَاثُ بَنَاتٍ أَوْ ثَلَاثُ أَخَوَاتٍ أَوْ إِبْنَتَان أَوْ أُخْتَان Whoever has three daughters or three sisters, or two daughters or even two sisters, and he keeps good company with them, and he fears Allah regarding them, then uh, guaranteed for him is paradise. SubhanAllah. What, look at the difference between the Arabs who were saying what? Daughters, like no, this is, there's, this is, this is useless. There's no point to, to have our daughters. And yet the Prophet is saying the exact opposite, that this is your ticket to paradise if you just treat them well. SubhanAllah. 
Are we still uh, practicing female infanticide today? Unfortunately, some countries were, are well known that when they find out that it's a female, they abort it. Uh, India and China, this was, they were famous for this. I don't know what the numbers are nowadays, but I, knew, I do know back in the day, this was a very famous, uh, uh, it, was, it was well known that this took place in these countries. We know that in, well, I'm, not, I'm not pretending that we in the West are so enlightened. Unfortunately, we have our own type of uh, practice, uh, which is, uh, sex slave, sex slaves, or, or, or the, this sex, sex slave trafficking industry, which is uh, alive and well uh, here in the United States, and this is uh, very much similar to this idea of uh, treating uh, the daughter like something that is to be discarded, or something like it's almost like cattle, etc. May Allah to protect us. I do want to mention uh, uh, one interesting point, and I hope this isn't too uh, <laughs> what's it called contentious, inshallah Taala. And let me preface it by saying that. Um, it's very natural that some men are more effeminate and some women are more masculine. There's nothing wrong with that, right? If you have guy friends that, I don't know, like romantic novels or something, that's fine. That's, mashallah, you know, he's, he's got a soft side that's beautiful. And if you know some sisters who like martial arts or something, there's nothing wrong with it, right? There's nothing wrong with our sisters being uh, 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 more masculine and guys being more feminine. These things happen. It's fine. It's natural. That all being said, we know that at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, the baby girl was buried because female nature was understood to be weaker than masculine nature. And I do believe that to a certain extent we are living in a new kind of jahiliyyah, which instead of ki killing the female directly, society is teaching young girls to kill or to suppress their femininity. I do believe that this is something that does need to be addressed. Some women are raised, and I'm accusing all women, so please don't take this offensively. I'm just saying as a general statement, there are some that you find that they are raised to be more masculine, even more masculine than men. Why? Because men aren't to be trusted, and the only way to beat men is to become as masculine as possible. You know, beat them at their own game and outdo them in every way. I'm not, I'm not against women trying to, you know, mashallah, uh, be as successful as possible. That all being said, though, I think in the long run, this will be a source of regret, because ultimately I do think that we are better together. I think that men and women ultimately are best when we embrace our masculinity and femininity respectively and create families. And so we have to be very cautious about this type of rhetoric that pits men versus women. I gave a khutbah about this called Marriage Crisis, maybe about a year ago, and I still think it's just as relevant as it was then, and it's going to continue to be relevant because there is this gender divide where men and women seem to be completely against each other, and a lot of it is rooted in this idea of, oh, well, femininity is, is weak, and therefore you can't embrace your femininity. No, you need to you know, beat the men and compete with the men, and subhanAllah, why, why do we want to kill either? Back then they wanted to kill the girls because they were feminine. Now we just want to kill femininity itself. It seems that there's this attitude that's somewhat prevalent. And subhanAllah, what's wrong? What's, what's wrong with our sisters being sisters? What's wrong with that? So may Allah protect us. I think this is very uh, awful. In, in terms of from a fiqh perspective, we know that abortion is after four months. It has the same ruling as infanticide. Um, and furthermore, some people will c claim that this ayah is contradicting certain ayat that say, Allah says, on that day, none will be asked about the sins among the jinn or the men. So they say, wait a second. Is, are we going to be asked about our sins or are we not going to be asked? Well, the way we can reconcile this is that this ayah is referring to men will not be asked about the jinn and the jinn will not be asked about the men. In other words, you have to deal with yourself on Judgment Day. And same thing with another ayah, uh, Surah 28, which is Surah Qasas, ayah number 78. Allah says, uh, That this is referring to Allah saying, what? But the criminals about their sins, they will not be asked. In other words, you as a criminal won't be asked about the sins of the past nations. So again, Everybody will be asked about themselves on that day, uh, and so there is no contradiction there. Anyway, I don't want to go on too long. We're going to continue. We have, I have a lot more to say about this particular topic, but I'll, I'll pause there for next week, inshallah, where we continue with this topic uh, with bi bin qutilat, for what sin was she killed? And so I'll stop there.
uh, and inshallah open up for comments and questions. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.